podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naishad Gadani coming to you from Melbourne. And today is 178th episode of Career Care Package. And on today's episode, we are going to answer your questions about job search, how to find a job in Australia, how to navigate your career in these strange times, what to do with your resume, or um, how to make your cat Instagram superstar. I don't know. <laughs> You've never been asked that question yet. Because actually, I yeah, don't we, know. That's right. I don't think so. They consider us as an expert in that uh, area, yeah. um, KB. So that's what we are here for. And congratulations, Victoria. You have uh, done it. It's been 28 days uh, since we had a coronavirus case. So that is a remarkable achievement. And the credit goes to just not the leadership, but also individuals because uh, it is their sacrifices have made this possible. So congratulations, Victorians, uh, to be able to enjoy the freedom, um, you know, especially today. It's a beautiful but hot day outside. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic time to be in Melbourne. Uh, let's welcome Caroline Brown. Thanks, Nesh. And I was just reflecting about the cat thing, right? So I put that question in originally because I put our cat up onto Instagram. And Teddy is this ginger cat. And he's, you know, in advancing years. He's quite, he was handsome, but he's not that handsome now. But I figure that the secret is that you just have to be white and fluffy. That's how you make your cat famous on Instagram. And that I do very much. Like Teddy was quite clever, but nobody seemed to appreciate his um, humour. I agree with you on that one. (laughs) Yes. Excited to be talking about jobs today. Yeah, absolutely. I think let's kick off with with a you know with a happy news story from my end uh, to begin with for a change. Um, so as some of you know, or probably most of you know, because I keep telling you that I started um, you know education in this COVID nineteen times. I'm pursuing a graduate certificate in career education and development. What it allows me at the end is that I can officially mismanage people's career <laughs> sorry manage people's career um, and that's what it allows me and i can proudly say that i've just received the confirmation Yay. that i've successfully cleared the first semester mm. and i am about to enroll into next semester which is another two subjects for next semester and I particularly like to give shout out to uh, on also the facilitators of the course. Uh, they've been really remarkable individuals because they've been guiding us through very complex topics. And it's something that I feel very proud because when I started to do the assignments, 
and I would say I can speak 15,000 words on a topic, but I can't write 500 words of the same topic. It used to be a struggle, but I think I have learned something on my way to, you know, to clear these uh, assignments. Uh, but I, I particularly like to give shout out to three people who really helped me answering my questions and be very patient with me. One is Angela Miller, another is Sarah Simmons and Fung Ong. Uh, and they've been absolutely superstar who helped me um, really answer some of the questions because they have had some experience and they were miles ahead in my assignments honestly i probably would have been the last person to submit the assignment which is which what reminds me of my engineering days that i would just sneak in my last assignment on the last day but it's it's really great feeling uh, to have accomplished something uh, in in this pandemic times uh, so i just wanted to give myself a pat on the back uh, to be able to have uh, done that so so yeah so that's a that's a good news story that i wanted to kick off our discussion with and yes so this is not about me uh, you know more about uh, you uh, yeah that's right yeah um, so if you got questions about job search, resumes, interviews, anything, please keep them coming through. We will endeavor to answer those questions for you. KB. Yes. Well, congratulations, Nish. I know that that means a lot uh, to you. I know you worked really, really hard to get that. So I'm very pleased that you've crossed a hurdle and hit a milestone. So fantastic. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So any questions job search wise? Uh, no questions. I think I'll, I'll probably, uh, you know, in, in this week, uh, the Australian, the National Skills Commission released a report, which yeah. is a really good read. But I'm just going to read a few things out of it, which is which I think makes a lot of sense for us, which is Australia Jobs 2020 report. Mm -hmm. And what they have outlined here on the report, and I'm more than happy to share the link. It's not it's not a, actually a, um, any uh, secrecy. You can Google Australia uh, Jobs 2020 report and you'll come across with. It's a very comprehensive report, um, you know, but, but it's a great report. What I wanted to you know, sort of talk about is that what they've done is that it also talks about resilient occupation first time. Mm -hmm. which is really, really great terminology also to understand, you know, that they've looked at obviously COVID-19 and the, the shifts in the labor market. And they've said, which are the resilient occupations that we see who were not really impacted by COVID-19, um, you know, as much as the other occupations were. So what are the ones they found is that professionals, for example, they've they've given examples such as you know speech professionals audiologists medical practitioner midwives all were not really impacted by that mm. then community and personal service worker which has aged disability workers security officers guards which is also not being affected so it's a resilient occupation and also it's surprising to notice that the agriculture forestry horticulture plant operators and delivery drivers are also resilient occupations. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I can say is that agriculture is probably one of the most uh, under misunderstood industry in Australia. I remember my last company that I worked with, we, uh, we have uh, agriculture college just out of Horsham. 
and you know the the general manager once i spoke and he said that every graduate will have three job offers not one three job offers as soon as he or she graduates that's the amount of uh, deficit that's the amount of skill shortage in that particular market we are just not talking about people who who make the crop you're not talking about just the farmer farming community but the ancillary industries around that is a hugely booming industry it's something which is not particularly understood by by a lot many people as well so that's the emerging occupations what they've also spoken about the which are the resilient industries also in these times so they said healthcare and social assistance we all know that that's a fastest growing industry fastest growing industry sector then education training construction mining transport uh, administrative and support services these are the resilient industries um, you know so to speak and they've also talked about the emerging occupation report as well so uh, i think there is that report is is pretty big i can't really tell you everything in the report but we'll put the link on on this it's, it's a good report to have a look it gives a lot of optimism um, you know as well and particularly those uh, caroline who are looking at switching career looking at pivoting their career into different one i think this report provides you that kind of what we say a guide light that maybe there is you know you know maybe this industry is something that i can look for and i think it it has come in my view at a very opportune time where you are now you know forcefully taking time off due to leading up to christmas so i think this this is also going to be a a good read for those people who are really interested in pivoting career in the next in the you know in the next chapter as well so i think that's what i i wanted to just kick off this discussion with kb I think the agriculture one is really interesting and I know that one of the big fears was um, sort of mid-pandemic um, that our food production would be slower because the people that were normally picking um, weren't able to actually come into the country or travel around the country as well. So I think it's all those occupations where it's kind of um, almost like, you know, essential services, what you need if you didn't have anything else, what you would need to keep a human society um, actually functioning with food, health, um, medical treatment, um, that kind of thing. So I know I went to the physio last night and I said, oh, so you must have been quiet during the pandemic. And they said, no, they were busier than ever um, from people working at home. <laughs> so and bad posture. And the first thing I got from the physio was a lecture on how I should have my computer placed and my screen placed and so I'll be off to Bunnings this weekend to to fix that up but um yeah no they're, they're really yeah. interesting and I guess it's like if you're not in those like the sector one in particular so you know if you've got a set of skills that you've been uh, in one sector how do you apply that same job in, a, in another sector as well so but hopefully you know we won't have another global I'm sure we will but um you know a scenario where the world is shut down so dramatically um in the future as well so um yeah so yeah interesting report thanks for sharing it Nash. no problem i think that reminds me that when we talked about physio i heard a story of a physio being you know you know she graduated i think in western australia uh she graduated at this time and she thought you know 
there will be probably not enough jobs for me. And what she started to do was to to educate people around ergonomics. And mm. soon she found out that that's, she's one of the busiest one right now because then she's helping them out. You would be surprised to know one of, I spoke to a big energy company and the HR, um, you know, a talent acquisition mm. um, leader there. And he said that they had to ship out, I don't know, 3000 chairs and, and everything to all the employees mm. to make sure that the employees have got um, you know great chair to to mm. sit down and work because remember this is that even though they if they don't provide then they are breaching their occupational health and safety mm. uh, you know regulations and they end up paying the high cost by if somebody injures and somebody sits in that continuous posture for a long time mm. person will say hang on you know i was not given anything you didn't tell me that i can't sit on a plastic chair nobody <laughs> told me that right i was sitting nobody there for eight hours but somehow i don't <laughs> but it's just just you know I, I think that's 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 very important but she was you know, she really pivoted that uh towards mm. where the her knowledge can be used and i think i think um you know we will see some really cool uh you know pivots or really power pivots coming out of you know, this mm. time, uh, Caroline, um, you know, I saw uh, someone's in Russia, uh, you know, there's, there's a website, which I, if I get bored, I look at that, which is actually called boardpanda.com. Oh, yes, and <laughs> and 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 they've got they've got a picture of a Russian pilot, and he took two selfies. One was when he was about to you know get for you know get on with his shift, and mm. then you know another one, probably similar scenario, and he was delivering food. So he mm. saw that you know drastic difference, um, mm. you know in in those occupations. I'm pretty sure that people have done um really sensible pivot and sometimes you do the pivot because that's what is needed at this point in time uh, you know to make sure that, that you I'm continue to put about? say that again the pivot that i'm most disappointed about it's about oh. all of those gin distilleries um making hand sanitizer <laughs> it's like no people need gin some people yeah, that there. Look, you know, I, I don't know. I've never. I, I don't drink uh, alcohol, so I don't know what gene. Why gene is so important? Uh, don't drink I, I, sanitizer. I, is my advice because it tastes nothing like it. I shall do it. I don't know whether everyone's on a on a Friday mood or so. Okay, be it, uh, you yeah. know, we don't have any more questions. Or the other thing is, I but think we have more. answered. We have answered so many questions that mm -hmm. people will say, "Hang on, what question can I answer?" Mm. ask caroline and nation uh, mm. you know anyway so but if you just want to be part of this just you know say you know come and say hello we will not mm. um you know we won't bite you or we you know, will probably end up making you superstar um, you know, <laughs> as well. and we've made so many i just want to point out like what, what show number are we up to 177 that um i was talking to kate mcgeary this morning who is um from homeless teen to business queen and um, she was talking about somebody that had watched the show that we did with her and connected up with her from that. So, um, you know, there's been lots of connections that have happened from people that have been in the audience or watched the show or come on the show, um, have gone off and, and met other people as well. So I don't think we should underestimate, underestimate that as something that was fantastic to have come out of this time. 
not at all. We should not underestimate this. And by the way, it's there's a typo there. It's actually 178. Uh, <laughs> only, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, 178 one, and uh, it's been uh, it's been fascinating. If I just reflect on uh, just uh, this week's, uh, you know, who did we have? A fantastic chat chat with Greg Smith. Uh, you know, just mm -hmm. wealth of information about how to hold career conversations. It is mm -hmm. a really insightful, uh, you know, discussion. It wasn't about any, um, you know, I think he did take a deep dive to help us really understand that and i really like that i think we are fortunate to have uh, you know seen some or we'll be seeing also some of the authors also coming in and talking with us which uh, which i find really really impactful i think both of us also end up learning uh, mm. you know from them as well as well as the audience also learns from them mm. but i i find that really um, you know really interesting and i think it just uh, gives the credit to the the show that we have uh, created mm -hmm. here that they feel um that it is a it is a great platform for them to talk about uh, mm -hmm. this as well uh manoj is saying hello hello manoj uh, welcome you are the uh, sole commenter uh, here uh if you got questions please um, you know ask us if you want to be part of the show let me know just say Kinesh, i want to come on linkedin live and i'll send you the link straight mm -hmm. away and you can be part of this and uh india and australia are playing cricket today so oh, KB, yeah i know <laughs> i know i know yeah really mm -hmm. yeah. why yeah that's a, good, a great, very good question a great cure for insomnia <laughs> say that again um cricket is a great cure for insomnia okay all right do i have a button to kick you out or <laughs> I just want to say something about um, coming up to the end of the year. If you've got suggestions that you'd like to see on our last few shows, please do let us know. I had this idea that there might be a few prominent people needing resumes written for them next year. So, um, you know, perhaps we could have a crack at Mr Trump's, turn his uh, accountabilities into accomplishments and value adds. Um could be fun. Anyway, Manoj says, I'm looking for a job, but I haven't got success yet. So tell us how you've been looking, Manoj. Tell us what's been going on there for you and why you think, you know, what you think might be getting in your way and we'll have a crack. Uh, don't know what I'm doing wrong. What have you tried already is probably a good, what, what kind of job are you looking for? And uh, what have you tried already is probably a good place to start. Absolutely. Give us give us some more information. Otherwise, we might end up misguiding you, which is what uh, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is what we do for 177 episodes. So we don't That's want to continue. Right. Them. <laughs> well, change something that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I hold seven years of experience as a quality analyst. That's really great. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us how many jobs you applied? How do you really apply jobs? Do you do networking or not and success rate of your mm. you know job applications i think that will give us some um you know something to talk about but if you want to come here and ask us our questions please please come here um uh, finish your masters here yeah okay so i can now understand a little bit so uh, this is what i'm taking a guess manoj and correct me if i'm wrong you are here you know, as, a, as an international student, but came here with seven years of experience. Uh, 
and you finished in 2019 and you are still struggling to find work i think most a lot of international students you know find I'll, I'll tell you one of one of the thing that i have we have also noticed in my work with center for multicultural youth um what we have seen is that this pandemic has done is that if you consider that this is the queue of people who will uh, who are looking for job and you know international students or young people are probably somewhere in the middle mm. um, what has happened is that because people have lost jobs the people who were made redundant or lost jobs they've come in front of the queue they have not gone back in the queue mm. so what happens is you're then pushed back because the market is then flooded with people mm. who are who got some experience in Australian context and who are willing to probably work for a few dollars less, um, mm. you know, as well, just because they have got, you know, they've been consistently working and they can start the, you know, day from first day onwards, they can just start the, uh, you know, um, you know, start working. I think that is what has happened. Um, you know, you know, KB, and what that requires then is that the efforts that you would normally put to look for work, I think the efforts needs to change a little bit in mm. terms of how do you reach out to people, how do you, how with what intensity do you network with people. But but also, I I think one of the thing that you know, KB, will, you know, will also give you know her views as well is that you know the the major methods of looking for work hasn't dramatically changed we have spoken to more than 100 experts obviously on different topics but but i think i think what's happening is that the the methods now require more discipline more rigorous approach to um, you know you know to more 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 rigor to your approach and more mm. fine-tuning and more targeted approach to, mm. you know, decision makers and recruiters who can, you know, come back to you quickly. That's mm. what what is required. KB? Yes, I think um, we've had a couple of graduates or international students on this show that have found jobs in the pandemic and won a lot of networking. So a lot of reaching out to professional peers or people that have gone down that path um, to get, get advice on what your resume should look like or tips on getting into the industry and then refining um, the resume with each conversation. Um, Manoj has said that he gets shortlisted but never called. So wondering what shortlisted but never called means. Do you actually get a call and then you don't get called in for an interview? Um, if that's the case, then it may well be um, how you're responding to questions perhaps on the phone. Um, you know, can people clearly understand you? Are you prepared to answer sort of those telephone screening questions that you get? You know, why are you interested in the role? What could you bring to the role? Um, what qualifications do you have? That type of thing. So it might be in that case um, that your resume is getting through the door, but you're not passing the telephone. So there's lots of things that you could do um, with that. You could get... Um, you know, practice your answers, practice your answers with a friend or a coach to get feedback. Um, if maybe you have an accent, um, we we interviewed Esther Brule from Speak More Clearly, who has a great program on um, helping people be better understood here. So maybe um, have a look at that. Um, if it's 
you're just using your resume then and not networking, then you are cutting off yourself from lots of other opportunities. I know a lot of um, uh, international grads um, get out to the meetups. Um, quite often, you know, I was helping somebody, he wasn't a graduate, but he was a, a skilled migrant from India. And uh, he's a business analyst in SAP. Um, so there was a meetup uh, around designed for SAP analysts. And um, he went out and met a number of people who then introduced him to their recruiter. So have a look on Meetup to see um, if there are industry-specific groups that you can get out and join and um, see if you can um, get some good advice from people. Um, make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date um, and actually reflects the skills, um, your value, um, use your LinkedIn profile to reach out to other quality analysts uh, who've done the done what you want to do. Um, go to online webinars, see if you can make connections there with people. Um, there are a few ideas for you. Okay, so Manoj has said, what do we mean by networking? So that's probably a pretty good indicator of of what you've been doing. What do you? How would you like to sum that up, Nish? I think networking is is uh, you know for you to meet people who are unknown to you. Uh, you know that's the way I will sum mm. up. Uh, it's a way for you to get to get in the in the zone where people uh, you know hire. So for example, you know, if you're selling a pen, you got to go where the buyers are. Mm -hmm. Similarly, you got to you got to go where the hiring managers are. Give you an example. One of my clients, she worked in India as a projects coordinator with IBM. Mm. And we worked out that she has to be around Project Management Institute. That's one mm. of the place where she got to be there because I think it is incredibly important to not not just about um, you know getting information, but being seen mm. by other people. Mm. And I think being seen by other people consistently has a tremendous impact on people. Mm. People just genuinely feel, you know what? Yeah, I've seen you here two, three times. Tell mm. me, you know, you know what you do because you know you you are here always talking to people. So I'm just interested. Mm. I think that is that is a real sense of networking where where you are genuinely connecting with people. You are not going there with a with a title. I'm looking for a job. Talk mm. to me. Um, mm. But I'm looking. I'm looking for connections, and I'm. I'm. You know, please talk to me. I think yeah. that is what is required. You, you got to occupy the head space of of people, like my how kids do. That they occupy your head space until you say yes to them, <laughs> and that's very important. No, I I can tell you, Gaby, they just costed me hundreds of dollars just looking at how they occupy the head space. They they are not. They are you know. They are not offensive or disrespectful, but they continuously, gently nudges you <laughs> that you have not forgotten about me, that you have not forgotten me, forgotten that you are going to get my bicycle fixed. I'm just letting you know that you told me, right? <laughs> letting no you pressure, know. Dad. No pressure, Dad, yeah. at all, right? And I, and if you think about it, you know, keeping the 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 humor aside, I think it is it is just very important for you know, for every one of us to learn from that kind of nudges and that kind mm -hmm. of small conversations and small actions. Mm -hmm. I think I read somewhere, I uh, forgot the name of the 
blog that I read, but I think the blog writer talks about micro actions mm -hmm. that you take small actions. And as we all know, that small actions causes massive change. Mm -hmm. But you got to, you know, you got to take if if you if you're out there, if you take twenty small actions, which is far more, give you far more outcome rather than one big action. Take small actions because small okay. actions, in a way, also, as we know, KB, it's you know, it's not taking us out too much of a comfort zone, it's just taking a little bit, and you're taking one small action, you're taking another yeah. small action. I think that is how you you got to see that. Hopefully, Mano, that makes sense, uh, KB. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I think you've given a really nice theory and overview to what networking is. Um, people find it hard because. Um, you you know, you may well be going into a group of strangers, for example. So the thought of going into a group of strangers and giving your elevator pitch and it, it's not really how networking works. If I was in your situation, I would look in on Eventbrite, I would look at Meetup, I would look at LinkedIn and see if I can get a sense of where some topics related to my profession are on and I'm interested in those because then you go there and that gives you um, something to watch and absorb, something to participate in if it's something like this, like, you know, commenting or putting your hand up or whatever, and something to talk about the person that might be sitting next to you or on the other side of the table or wherever. Um, you know, what did you think of the speaker? Yeah, that's topic. topic's really interesting. Inevitably, in those conversations, it's like, so oh, what do you do? And then you say, well, actually, I'm looking for a job in da-da-da-da at the moment. And sometimes that's all you need to say. Um, the other thing that you could do is, and this is a technique that's worked really well for some of my clients, is um, become an organiser. So go, people that organise events, um, and particularly big ones, are always looking for people to help them out. So... Um, see if you can um, assist in organising an event in a particular way. And that gives you a reason to be there, a reason um, to sometimes to connect up with people. But importantly, it puts you in touch with the person that I call is a hub. So basically, um, basically they're people that um, have a vested interest in um, running a group or being at the centre of a community and quite often they know people. So uh, the guy that I was talking about who uh, was the SAP analyst actually got talking to the organiser of the group who wanted to make him a co-organiser. And there, you know, your name is going out on emails that um, are organising things in that particular community. So it just makes the whole thing, um, whole thing easier. So it's not something that people do intuitively, but, you know, think about you know, joining that group, seeing if you can be involved in organising or helping out that group, or at the very least, go to something that really interests you that is in your um, in your profession. That's probably an easier way yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah, and Manoj, I can understand the, the difficulty in networking. You know, if you think that I was like this 13 years back when I came, then you are, uh, you know, you're mistaken. I, I think you also you know underestimate yourself too that it's it's networking is a skill or or talking to people unknown to us is a skill 
right and you know skill can be learned some people are natural at that and some people requires a bit of push and bit of bit of thinking and bit of trying out and and required and what i suggest to you is that take it at the at the uh, at the pace that requires you to you know if you if you are there and if you see somebody who is laughing and having a lot of fun and then you try to imitate that person you'll probably feel completely overwhelmed and anxious that you can never do that you know it's like it's like you you're learning to swim and you're seeing michael phelps there and said hang on there's no way but but that's not needed for you that's not needed you know you are a business analyst that's that's your core vocation what networking does is that it allows you to expand your thinking to expand your your understanding and to 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 make you go out and 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 talk to people who make sense and a one tip that i can give you which always works for me is that the fear comes when you enter in a room of 50 people which are already engaged in chatting obviously you will feel hang on there's no space for me you just you just naturally feel i used to feel that way i remember one of the networking events originally when i came i would go and i would probably be you know because i'm so anxious i said you know what people won't come on time so i'll probably go a half an hour i open the door people are having a lot of fun this is like buzzing and what i would do is that i would go there and look at for familiar faces couldn't find anyone so we'll have a lemon lime beater pay five dollars and sip that in the corner somewhere and then by the way I, then i'll regret that i did not do it but then i will have my own own justification that you know there was nobody uh, you know interested with me so i just walked away right but then i then i heard somewhere that you go there before the meetup starts 15 minutes before and once you go there what it allows you to do is to calm your nerves about anything right you are better you are better structured you are better centered and then when the organizer rocks up say hey my name is manoj you know i'm here i thought i'll come here and help you out now what happens in that helping out you are just easing yourself in that space when people come in they see you with organizer and say hey manoj you know i'm here oh yeah you are here look you know welcome we are going to start this in such and such time there you go that's your name tag or i think that because then people are approaching you rather than you are approaching somebody and i think that's a very simple way honestly very simple way but it has worked for me 10 minutes before and you know what as caroline mentioned about uh, about her client the organizer will remember that and say yeah. manoj thanks hips right tell me what do you do now yeah. now that's a moment Mm. but if you think about it if you have this kind of interactions every week with 2 3 4 5 people remember the impact that it will have on your looking for work now mm. suddenly you have 30 you have 10 15 people who are genuinely interested mm. in knowing about you and you can say then they will remember hey manoj yes i remember you you know tell me you know how things are people are i i believe caroline that people are naturally interested to help provided if the approach is done you know diligently and genuinely mm. that's what mm. i would say yeah you don't it's not about 
instantly introducing yourself saying you're looking for this type of job and this is where you've worked that it's just really about being in a room where other people have similar sorts of interests to you and being interested in other people because inevitably unless you're talking to a complete narcissist but inevitably what you do or what you're interested in comes up and then you've built like nature says you've built the um, connection with, with the organizer as well so um yeah i think the key is trying to make it um enjoyable for yourself so it's not that you have to do that this it's actually it's a topic that i'm really really interested in going along um to learn more about as well so the other thing is don't neglect social groups like don't you know i've met so many people bushwalking for example that um there's always somebody in that group that does something similar to you and the way I did that was the first thing activity that I was the very first meetup that I'd really been to where where I actually had the intention that I wanted to meet new people versus it's just a thing that's been organized via meetup and so I, I picked something that I knew was just going to be an hour and um, in, I knew that I could see that only sort of three or four people turned up to because that just broke the ice for me so it was yoga in botanic gardens hour there were two other people got talking to those two other people but it just built my confidence so if, if you really struggle think about doing like nash says just little little steps basically or baby steps and finally i can say monoj is that is a tag along with someone if you mm. can't do it by yourself you know tag along with someone mm. i think two people can can manage their anxiety together very fine <laughs> right is just feeling like the person in the corner of the room with no friends that no one wants to talk to. Yeah, That's exactly. You know? yeah, so yeah. Um, and, and which I would also true for me. So <laughs> I would also recommend if you reach out to me, I'll I will send you a link of the. If you consider yourself not not really knowing, if you consider that you you consider yourself introvert, for example, we I'll I'll send you a couple of uh, you know videos that we have done with um, you know Serena Lowe and she helps mm. people introverts really you know uh, you know bring the best in this networking scenario. I think you will find that very very helpful. So mm. please uh, please reach out to me on LinkedIn and I am more than happy to uh, to you know send you those videos as well. All right, we've got a question or comment from Priya Ranjan Das um, uh, regarding lack of cultural awareness for a new migrant. If one has worked in a foreign country for a long time, can't it be considered that the person is capable of blending in the local culture? I think that's pretty much right. You know, in in the world of theory, you know, in an ideal world, that is very true. Um, but if you think about it, where I come from in India, there are probably hundred different cultures, or you know, even even the state that I belong to, there are three, four different subcultures also uh, that exist. It is even difficult for for those people to move from one state to the other state and finding their feet in the market straight up without a job. By the way, right? It's not you know, I'm not saying that it is difficult. But it's not as easy as it looks just because the business practices changes. It, it is based on hundreds of years of culture that they have built. It's, it's a human interaction, by the way, at the end of the day. I don't think so that they, they are saying that 
um, you know, that you don't blend in. But what they're asking you is that show us that you are blending in. And I think it, the onus is on us as job seekers to say, I have got a knowledge of how things work here because I've done one, two, three activities. And it is only for, for your own benefit that you really engage into those activities to really get a sense of what what Australian or for that matter, any culture really looks like. You know, in fact, we were doing, uh, you know, at, C at where I work, we were doing cultural responsiveness training yesterday. And, and you know, we looked at an iceberg and the facilitator said, okay, so tell us what are the things about culture can you can see? And obviously food, culture, architecture, to clothing, to festivals, everything else. But then there are so many things which we talked about, which we explored that are invisible to us. They are non-observables to us. And I think it is equally important for you to really understand the non-observable parts as well. And understanding that just helps you become far more stronger in your approach to the market and that's what it is required but there are people as you know caroline has also worked with them is that there are people who are able to really translate that effectively as well on a piece of paper and also you know in you know in the verbal communication in their overall approach and those are the ones that that gets it you know faster so hopefully that answers your question yeah i'm thinking with this is it's um what the question about culture is, is can I see, can I sense, do I believe that you will fit in to this environment? So can I see you in this job? As in, as in not, not the colour of your skin, but more um, do you, you know, do, do you look, do I get a sense that you could sit amongst the team of accountants here, like, and, and blend in or... Or would I put you in front of one of my clients? Or um, do you have those leadership skills? So it is kind of like it, it's one of the it's congruence, right? It's it's do you look and sound and like a person that would be doing this job? So sometimes those cultural differences are really, um, you know, like in in some cultures um, they don't make eye contact. Um, so. I think the thing is, and this is what I think really helps, is I always say use your um, background group, like, you know, use your cultural group as your support. And so that's your safe place. But as much as you can get out to other things that the locals do, like with Nation, you know, playing cricket, um, career development association stuff that you're in, um, just to kind of get a feel for what, you know what what how the the nuances of communication or um you know how people represent themselves in your industry those sorts of things help you then you know um assess like sort of feel like you're part of the furniture in um you know in an organization so um don't disregard that because that's what the culture question is about. It's about whether there's congruence, whether I can actually see you in 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 the job. The other thing too to think about is um, you want to be able to understand what your job looks like here. So the question that people might have is like, I don't really understand the company you work for. It's not a brand I'm familiar with. Um, 
So you've got to really understand the workplace, the role as it exists in Australia. So you want to be able to be talking that kind of language as well. So, for example, um, a lot of um, my Indian clients will email me and they will say telephonic communication, right? Um, you look on YouTube and you see telephonic instead of telephone. So that that's one of those subtle cultural things that you go, I wonder whether, you know, the communication communication is going to be harder because I don't know. So there's you've really got to make sure that you're kind of immersing yourself in what's going on here, then you become reflective of that in in your behaviour without changing who you are. So um, that's where I've seen people that um, mostly, mostly fit in. And quite often it's around um, your accent as well. So, you know, um, yeah, people people make an assessment based on on how easy it is to communicate with with you as well. So I think that's people are making those assessments about culture more in what they um, sit, what they view, and what they see, and in the unsaid versus. Um, you know, you, you being able to say, well, I've worked with many cultures before, therefore I can work with many cultures here. You know, you've, you've got to reflect that in, in, in how, you, how you show up. So I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, it does. Uh, and yeah, so Manoj, give it yeah. a go, okay? Uh, and let us know how you go as well, because, you know, it's, you know, this comes from mine and KB's years of experience and, you know, we might need to dig deeper to to help you out. But do let us know because we'll be more than interested in in knowing how did you go, whether you succeeded, whether you failed, and what did you learn out of it. So, so yeah, so that's awesome. All right, Kibi, I think that's pretty much it. Poonam says hello, uh, you know, and Priyaranjana Das says thank you for attending on YouTube. If you have not subscribe to the page, uh, Priyaranjana's, please do that. Uh, you know, as well, it will uh, help us build a great following and that uh, that you know at least i can retire on the youtube money that i get uh, <laughs> out of the advertisements all right I think so, we're, uh, at the stage of affording a drop of a cup of coffee once a week so far with our youtube efforts so if you are watching this our ambition is yeah. to take over the world one subscriber at a time and please subscribe Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that uh, you know comes us to an end. I'll tell you what's happening next week. So next week we have got just you know different uh, you know experts coming. So we got on Monday Sandy Hutchison. She's the CEO of Career Money Life. Uh, it's a company, and she has recently won the Career Development Association of Australia's uh, Victorian Chapters Excellence Award. It's a fantastic one. We are going to talk about the future, 2021, the career changes and everything happening over there. And on Tuesday, we have got a comedian coming, Vikram Podar. If you know, he once graced our show when he talked about his career transition. And on Tuesday, he's not going to talk about career transition, but some of these anecdotes and stories around COVID-19 times. So he's going to. that's going to be, we don't, uh, you know, kind of guarantee it's going to be a funny show because that would be pretty ironic but we what we 
uh, promise you that will be very insightful, insightful show. Then on a Tuesday, sorry, uh, Wednesday, we got Thaigo, who will be talking about what employers want and how do you align your skills to what their employer wants. And on Thursday, we are speaking to Angela Miller about what did she learn about jobs and career after interviewing five thousand job seekers in last ten to eleven years. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, so and then on Tuesday and Friday we will be back again do the same thing taking your questions so until we see you on Monday please stay happy stay healthy and look after yourself and your loved ones and have a great weekend everyone bye, for bye everyone thank you everyone for listening to the your career down under show hope you enjoyed today's episode if you want to know more about how your career down under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au. And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.